Welcome to Explain the Bible, where we explain the Bible. This is Daniel Jepson. Sometimes I'm joined by Nathan Beasley. We have two other podcasts you might want to check out, Philosophy and Faith and Pretty Good Sermons. Links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening. All right, we have come to the very last phrase of the prayer. So this is the prayer. It's Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so now we get to the final phrase, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the question here is, why would Jesus instruct us to pray that God would not lead us into temptation? I mean, why would God lead me into temptation? Yeah, we can usually find our own way there, right? Yeah, <laughs> seems simple enough. But also, why would God lead us to do something wrong? Yeah. And I think it helps to remember, well, it's crucial to remember here, that there is a, a word in the Greek language, translated temptation here, but could just as easily be translated trial or okay. testing. Actually, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament also has those three meanings. It can mean temptation or trial or testing. Okay. And you kind of have to determine from the context which is meant. We are told that in the book of James, for example, that God cannot be tested with evil and will not test anyone with evil. So obviously the idea of temptation as a solicitation to get someone to sin is not what's involved. But rather it has the idea of trials or testing. And so we kind of see something here that's very important to us, is that God will allow us to fall into certain trials or testings in this world. And yet he also has veto control over them. And part of that we influence by our prayers. That's a very profound thought. Yeah, that's really helpful so far. So this is not saying, God, please don't test me by trying to solicit me to sin. Yeah, you don't have to pray that in that sense. <laughs> but it is, hey, I know that there are a lot of challenges of life and a lot of temptation. So it's right. almost, it's almost, hey, can I have some grace here because life is hard? Yes. Um, so lead me not into temptation, but recognizing, but in part of that, recognize that sometimes God does lead into that trial or testing. Or, or at least lets us be led into that. Okay. So we have an evil one, and we have an evil world. So he says, deliver us from the evil one. I believe he's referring to Satan there, not evil in a more general sense. So that word is another word that has kind of different shades of meaning, can be either evil or evil one. Right. Okay. Yeah. And again, part of the challenge here is we're speaking English, but yeah. Jesus was speaking probably Aramaic, and then it was written in Greek. Yeah. which is a very similar language, or maybe he was speaking in Greek, but it wasn't English. So yeah, yeah. our words are not one-to-one -one corresponding here. Yeah, but the idea, I mean, that God can deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one, I mean, there's nuance in both of those, but yeah, general, similar vibe. Sure, there is, yeah. And I think the best way to look at this is that in this world, the fact is we are going to face problems and sufferings and difficulties and that these will each make us vulnerable towards choosing certain kinds of evil. Hmm. And that's why I believe these words have so much overlap, because a testing or a trial can become a way, an avenue in which we choose a wrong way, an evil way. 
But in these same trials and testings that we face in this life, they can also be something that we find God's grace and God's help and that God ultimately uses for our own good. And I think that's at the heart of this. I heard a story that kind of illustrates this very well. There was a group of women at a previous time, I believe, who were reading their Bible study together, and they came across the verse of Malachi 3.3 that says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver of his people. So that week, the woman who was leading it called a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity, seeing how the process of refining silver worked. And as she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. And he explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest to burn away the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about the verse that says, He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. So she asked the silversmith if it was true if he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time that the silver was being refined. And the man said, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, and then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And he smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy, when I see my face in its reflection. In the process, God allows us something like this. He allows testing, we turn to God for help, and we find his help in some way. As that song says, sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms us. And I draw closer to God and I'm cleansed from my impurities so I look more like who he is. So basically, this whole last part of the prayer is the attitude of a man or woman who knows they're frail. They're not self-deluded into thinking they can handle anything that life throws at them. They know that they can't. They understand they're like a bridge with a posted weight limit. And their prayer is recognizing this and asking God to either keep an over-the-weight-limit truck off or to increase the weight limit. Yeah, it seems to me that the, the flow of this prayer is for us to see God more for who he is and for his goodness and his love. Even though we're in this challenging situation where we lack daily bread sometimes, where we have temptations and trials and testings, but even in the midst of that context, to move us into trusting him more. Yes. So it sounds like not being led into temptation and being delivered from the evil one are two sides of the same coin. I wonder if you can speak to what it means to be delivered from the evil one then a little bit more. Sure. We have to remember that the goal of God is different than the goal of Satan. They will both allow or bring certain trials or testings into our life. God allows trials in order to refine us. Satan brings trials and temptations in order to defile us. And when we're praying to God to deliver us, is for asking that not to happen. Satan's goals really are to separate us from God, to separate us from each other, and to separate us from our true life, our God-created destiny. That's what he did to the first couple, representing us and all mankind. The sin was merely the method to get to the goals. The sin separated mankind from God, as they cannot now be in his presence. The sin separated them from each other, as Adam blames the wife, and in the very next chapter, 
brother kills brother. It separates them from life. Certainly they had an animal life and a body similar to the animals after the fall, but their spirit life was now gone in some way, for that can only come from the connection with the Spirit of God. Those are the goals of the evil one. The tools he uses are these, lies, temptations, and condemnation, usually in that order. He lies to Eve. You won't die. God's holding out on you. That gave force to the temptation to disobey God and follow the suggestion of the evil one. The lies give force to the temptation. Temptation given into leads not only to the sin that separates, but also the condemnation that keeps us from coming to God and receiving all that he is and desires to do for us. I view it this way. We're going to fall into various troubles and trials and testings in this world. I believe that part of that is just part of the natural bent of this imperfect world. But the evil one will want to use those for his own goal. So his goal will be to separate us from God, primarily through deceiving us, getting us to commit sin, and then condemning us. When we know that we are deceived, when we know that we have disobeyed God and stand and feel condemned before him, we are turning away from him at that point. And his goals are accomplished. The way then that I believe this last part of the prayer works is that we pray that whatever trials or testing we fall into are not so strong that those things happen, but that God intervenes and brings grace. And that if we do fall or we did sin to, to some degree, then we come to him in forgiveness and ask for that grace and that forgiveness to be renewed. And when that happens, we actually are more inflamed in our heart towards God for his mercy and forgiveness and that he would cleanse us again and again. In that way, we actually draw closer to God. So the same trial, the same testing can lead us away from God, which is what the evil one wants, or we can be delivered from his plans and given to God's by what we just talked about. So I believe that's at the heart of this. Yeah, it seems like there's this whole perspective here in the prayer to help us see God for who he is and to have his name be exalted and his plan be realized through our prayers and in our lives. And in doing that, we're moved to trust for our, our greatest spiritual need, which is forgiveness, our physical needs of daily bread. And here, recognizing that we're frail and that we have a lot of needs, that God would protect us and envelop us in his love. Yeah, exactly. And I think all that just remembering that God is a loving father who has in mind what's best for us and there's no limitation toward his good intention for us, it just really makes this prayer attractive to pray. Right. To take these things and to pray in this way, God, please provide for my physical needs, provide for my spiritual needs, help me forgive others, help me not be led into temptation and, and, and give into temptation in a way that separates me from you, but to be delivered from evil or delivered from the evil one. And what a good prayer of trust that yeah. is. And isn't it beautiful how simple Christ makes it, really, when we understand? Yeah. We don't have to be great. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to choose to simply come to our Father in these ways. And that's enough. Hey, thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button if you want to hear future episodes. And again, feel free to check out Philosophy and Faith and Pretty Good Servants, our other podcasts. Bye now.